Hello folks, this is Robert Berry and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 73. It's a very special episode because we're celebrating our fifth anniversary as a website. Yes, back on April 7th, 2001, RetroCrush.com debuted. And a very meager site when we first started out. I think the first feature uh, I had on my site was uh, uh, some Dynamite magazine covers. And uh, remember that great magazine with like, uh, you used to get it through the book clubs at your school. And uh, I think I had a photo gallery of Julie Newmar pictures. So she was the first person to have a photo gallery on, on Retro Crush there. So uh, five years, it's been a lot of fun. And it uh, sure doesn't seem like five years. And I guess that's a good thing because I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to do the site. It's always been a lot of fun. And, and um, it's really just great hearing from uh, people that, that enjoy reading the site. Um, nothing uh, makes my day more than somebody who just recently discovered Retro Crush and said they just uh, were thrilled to find it and spent hours looking at all the old articles and features there. So um, whether you're a, a longtime uh, fan of Retro Crush or you've just recently found us or if you found us through the podcast, um, welcome aboard and hope you're around here for another five years. And um, hey, you know, 73 episodes of the podcast, that's uh, that's pretty fun to think about as well. So Anyway, we got a, a really fun show lined up for you today. Um, we are going to play for you a educational film called Boys Beware, which warns uh, boys of the 1950s uh, of the dangers of evil homosexuals. And uh, then we're going to play a uh, conversation on the ride home from our friend Scott and Lori's house. Uh, and we're going to play some voicemails. And then we're going to top it off with uh, end the show with uh, a fun taping I did with a group called The Hellouts at their studio. Um, listen to a couple songs and just sort of just drink beer and have a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy the whole show here. So it's going to be a little bit longer than our average show, about an hour, but just thought that'd be a good way to, to celebrate our, our fifth birthday here at Retro Crush. And of course, we've got a ton of voicemails to play for you as well, including a Spanish version of the Popeye schoolyard rhyme. So we are going to start, and I'm going to play the uh, the Boys Beware here, and, there's, and I'm going to kind of narrate along with you to describe some of the things that you would have been seeing. But I think it's a it's it's a it's a riot to listen to this. So hope you enjoy it. This is uh, from Sid Davis Productions presents Boys Beware. Produced with the cooperation of the Inglewood Police Department and the Inglewood Unified School District. So basically, uh, the Inglewood Police Department felt that they had to warn uh, the schoolboys about the dangers of homosexuality out there. And uh, this was something actually played in the classrooms of the 50s. So our setting is uh, clean-cut white people walking out of a police station. And uh, there's a gentleman walking to his car. off in his car. It's just really cool, uh, Lancer. I'm Lieutenant Williams, a police officer attached to the juvenile division. I'm on my way to Monroe Junior High School to talk to a group of young people. That looks innocent enough, doesn't it? Lots of young people hitchhike. Seems like a good way to get from one place to another. But sometimes there are dangers involved that never meet the eye. Let's take the case of Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy played baseball all afternoon and 
He didn't feel like walking home, so he decided to thumb a ride. He'd done it a hundred times before, and he didn't think anything was unusual when the driver struck up a friendly conversation. In fact, he seemed like a real nice guy. He asked Jimmy if he played baseball in the park often. Jimmy told him they practiced three times a week and played a rival group on Friday afternoon. The stranger was a good listener, too, and it only seemed minutes before they pulled up in front of Jimmy's house. <laughs> before we continue, this guy who's picked up Jimmy is uh, hilarious looking. He's got this pencil-thin mustache and these sunglasses and slick black hair. He totally looks just like uh, John Waters there. Jimmy got out, the stranger gave him a friendly pat. Oh my gosh, a friendly pat. Then he told him he'd see him again, as he always drove by the park on his way home. So Jimmy's walking home again the next day, and lo and behold, here comes that John Waters creepy-looking gay guy. Sure enough. The following day, when Jimmy finished finished the ball, well, the man was there waiting. They stopped at a drive-in, and the stranger treated him to a Coke. During their conversation, he told several off-color jokes, but Jimmy had heard others before, and... Well, it made him feel big to so easily win the confidence of an older person. So they're fishing now. The following Saturday, they went fishing together. By now, they were using first names. Ralph said it was more friendly. It's more friendly when we use first names. Jimmy hadn't enjoyed, enjoyed himself so much in a long time. Then do, then do lunch. Ralph showed him some pornographic pictures. Jimmy knew he shouldn't be interested, but, well, he was curious. What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick. A sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious a sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual, a person who demands an intimate relationship with members of their own sex. So, they're basically comparing homosexuality with smallpox, and it's it's uh, no less dangerous, according to this film. So, uh, watch out there. We may have another homosexual outbreak soon. But by now, Jimmy felt a fondness for Ralph, and they continued to go places together. Ralph was generous and took Jimmy many interesting places and did many nice things for him. There are miniature golfing here in this scene. Always a favorite hangout of homosexuals. And even gave him money. But payments were expected in return. You see, Jimmy hadn't recognized Ralph's approach soon enough. When Ralph first asked Jimmy to go fishing alone, he should have discussed it with his parents or teacher. Ralph's bringing poor Jimmy back to his apartment here. And now we see a Finally, police station. Finally, Jimmy told his parents, and they reported it to the juvenile authorities. Ralph was arrested, and Jimmy was released on probation in the custody of his parents. 
So, I mean, maybe something happened between those two. But what's funny is uh, that Jimmy, the victim, was released on probation in custody of his parents uh, when when he didn't even do anything there. So that's uh, some pretty funny 50s justice there for you. But all homosexuals are not passive. Some resort to violence, as in the case of Mike Merrick. Let me see a guy here watching some boys playing basketball. In the heat of competition, no one noticed the man who sat and watched. And when the game broke up and the others left, Mike decided to stay and practice a little longer. The stranger joined him. He was friendly and, well, it was better than playing alone. But after a few shots, Mike realized he had already overstayed his time and suggested he better leave. The stranger told him if he'd like to stay longer, he'd be glad to drive him home when they finished. Sounded great to Mike. Chance to play longer and get a ride home, too. This guy, he's wearing a bow tie and a suit, and he's uh, picking up on this boy that looks like Will Wheaton from Star Trek The Next Generation. When they finished, the stranger told him he'd make a fine player someday if he got lots of practice. The companionship, the praise, the friendly attitude dispelled any misgivings Mike might have had about going with a stranger. He probably never realized until too late that he was riding in the shadow of death. But sometime that evening, Mike Merrick traded his life for a newspaper headline. As Denny and Jerry got the papers ready for Jerry's afternoon delivery, they only casually noticed the two boys that raced by in the afternoon traffic. And they didn't pay much attention to the car that drew up shortly afterwards until the man called them over. Hey, boys, come here. Got something to tell you. Two boys been buying bicycles? The boys nodded they had. Could they recognize them if they saw them again? Well, Denny guessed he could. Then hop in, the man said. Those are stolen bikes. Without giving it another thought, Denny got in and the car sped away. Jerry watched. He'd been told many times, if a friend got in a car with a stranger to write down the license number. It didn't seem to apply, but, well, fortunately, he marked it down. When he delivered a paper to Denny's house... He asked his mother if they'd caught the boys that had stolen the bicycles. Denny hadn't returned, so he told her the story and gave her the paper with the license number. Being a careful parent, she decided to call the police. Jerry supplied the necessary information and the stranger's car was quickly spotted. Was a good example of how important it is to always get the license number and description of any stranger who takes a young person off alone, no matter what they tell you. Public restrooms can often be a hangout for the homosexual. Bobby and well, that, that's actually proven to be uh, quite true uh, through the years there. We've seen uh, George Michael sure, sure likes being there. 
His friends hadn't noticed the man who had been in the restroom when they changed, and as it was lady suggested, they take the shortcut under the pier, but the others preferred to take the more traveled way home. The shady guy's following uh, little Billy through a hole in the fence. He's taking a shortcut through the pier. But he sees the guy approaching him as he's going through the hole in the fence under the pier. When Bobby recognized the stranger as the man in the restroom. The shortcut under the pier didn't seem like a good idea at all. After all, it's more fun to stay with your friends anyway. Bobby had made a wise decision. It may have saved his life. The decision is always yours, and your whole future may depend on making the right one. So no matter where you meet a stranger, be careful if they are too friendly, if they try to win your confidence too quickly, and if they become overly personal. One never knows when the homosexual is about. He may appear normal, and it may be too late when you discover he is mentally ill. So keep with your group, and don't go off alone with strangers unless you have the permission of your parent or teacher. Wow, well that's uh, pretty sad there. Uh, back in the day, I mean, it, you know, it certainly would make sense to... Uh, warn children of the dangers of, of predators out there, but to just to single in on gay people like that and and to, uh, you know, just 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 compare them as uh, having diseases like people with smallpox out there, that's uh, pretty sad. I mean, just, I can only imagine gay kids watching this video growing up in the 50s must have just been pretty uh, traumatic, but certainly was, it was a sign of the times. So, uh, yeah, Saturday uh, night had a lot of fun. Went to uh, friend Scott and Lori's house and got to hang out with Darren and Christy uh, from uh, Trash Film Orgy, longtime friends of mine there, and uh, as well as Randy, who you've heard on the podcast plenty of times. And uh, we saw Soylent Green starring Charlton Heston and uh, Angie Dickinson, which uh, features... Sorry, Big Bad Mama, which features Angie Dickinson and William Shatner. So we, we talked about this on the way home at about 2 in the morning while we were driving home from Scott and Lori's house. Well, uh, well, we are driving home on the road with Randy again. Uh-oh, and we have two... Is this Lori and Wire's house again? <laughs> yes, let's tell you how we get there. We just got back. We were uh, It's 2.20 on a Sunday night. Oh shit! How it is that so late? <laughs> and we spent our time wisely uh, watching. First, we watched Big Bad Mama, which is great because Angie awesome. Dickinson is naked like crazy in this naked movie. Naked like crazy, you see full bush and everything. Yeah, oh, and, Sh- yeah. and Shatner pubes, Shatner pubes, Shatner pubes. <laughs> yes, William Shatner pubes. That's uh, Christy Savage uh, back there and Darren Wood. How are you guys doing today? Hey, how you doing? Did we do introductions earlier? <laughs> No, we're not using the early one. So uh, we just saw Soylent Green, and it's this pretty cool movie where um, dead people uh, end up being food. Soylent Green is people. Soylent yeah, yeah. Ninjas, and, and it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it definitely one. It's a movie with a surprise ending, and we were thinking, uh, you know, maybe we could talk about some of our favorite movies with surprise endings in them. Um, you know, save you the trouble of uh, of learning about them. We're actually watching we're them. Actually watching. <laughs> Yes, um, now remember that one, um, you were just telling me about one you really liked, Darren, uh, which one was that one? Pl- uh, Planet of the Apes? No. 
Yes, yes at the, it's on Earth. It's, it's on the Earth. whole time. <laughs> I like it's on that, a different planet. How about that one where Bruce Willis was really a ghost at the end in The Sixth Sense? That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that kid, he could see dead people. <laughs> exactly. Um, turn uh, left, please. Okay, okay. And then uh, okay, we're leaving the crack neighborhood again. Yeah, and driving by the nuclear power plant there, I think. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I How about when, when uh, you got Darth Vader was really Luke Skywalker's father? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knew? <laughs> and you also had, remember in um, the Crying Game when it, when oh, that yeah. and the chick was really a dude. It was really a dude with a big car. I don't know. I don't know how anybody could not know that was a dude. I mean, that was such a dude guy. I mean, he looked just like one. Right? Well, I didn't know until I rented the DVD. And I was um, furiously masturbating, and then when his um, dick came out, um, I came all over my face. <laughs> you know, uh, Sleepaway Camp has that exact same ending where oh, the yeah, little girl turns out to be a little boy. Yeah, that's oh. shocking. Yeah, yeah, and they just dressed her up like a girl all along. They had the best killings in that with that, what, the, the, the yeah. curling iron and the cooch. Do you guys remember that that ending of uh, Titanic where the boat sinks? <laughs> oh, God, oh dude, I never saw that Titanic? movie. That Fuck, now it's wrecked for me. Thanks, Robert. Okay, now, now another guy who's uh, the master of surprise endings that you kind of can see coming a mile away. Can we turn sometimes? Would yeah, be, uh, one, yeah, turn right here on Bradshaw. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Christy. Um, that helps a lot. So, uh, right by the nuclear power plant. Um, no, uh, M. Night Shyamala and Shyamalama Ding Dong guy. Freaking village, right? Yeah, the village uh, where they were really living in a, a gated community in our time. It was not an old-timey village. Right. And then he had that one, well, the, the Sixth Sense was his. Yeah. What, was the, what was the twist at the end of that one that, that had uh, crop circles in it? Oh, the twist in that was that there uh, really was aliens and you could throw water on them and they die. Are you kidding? Like the Wicked Witch? Yeah. Are you kidding? Uh-uh. Yeah. For real? That's lame. I'm so And mad. then he made, he made that movie uh, Unbreakable. Where the guy was a superhero, right? Yeah, and Sam Jackson was really a supervillain that was causing all the problems at the end and he fucked Bruce Willis' day up. Really? Are these movies for real? Yeah, oh yeah, they're for real. <laughs> Salaman movies or whatever the hell is. Okay, so we're driving by the drive-in movie theaters and we're going to try to play name the, the drive-in screens. Hey, that must have basic instinct too. Nope. That looks like... Shatner. That's V for Vendetta. We're walking by there. Yes. And that is... um. The twist ending in V for Vendetta is that he dies at the end. Oh, yeah. And the end of every movie. Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta has a big torture scene in a concentration camp, but it's really just two rooms in V's hideout, and he's mind-fucking her. What's the twist ending to She's not The making... Matrix? Uh, there is a spoon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the twist ending in The Matrix is that it fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. all of the other Matrix movies suck. First one was good. The other two sucked ass. That's kind of like I like Blade, the first Blade, but the other two sucked really bad. What was the twist ending in Blade? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, Wesley Snipes is really a Chinaman. He was really a vampire. Oh, I know. Oh. At the end of Halloween, dude's not really dead. Oh yeah, the first uh, one, yeah. he's not dead. That's every '80s slasher yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's at the end, little Jason, he's not really dead either. 
Uh, 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 <laughs> he's not really, uh, you know what, Austin? Jason. Jason's not really retarded. Um, just a little slow. <laughs> he doesn't want friends. Wasn't it Fred Krueger was the uh, yeah, bastard really son of a thousand maniacs? <laughs> now remember at the, maniacs. <laughs> at the end of a very Brady sequel, oh, no. there's a twist ending where... Um, it was all a dream. No, that, um, that Carol was original husband was the professor, and Mike was originally married to Jeannie from I Dream of Jeannie. Barbara Eden? Wow. Yes, it was a, a she popped up at the end and said, "Hello, master." Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's like at the end of a is it pajama party or oh no, it's a it's one of the Bikini Beach movies and. Uh, and they have Elizabeth Montgomery, who also played a witch, as opposed to a genie, oh, who yeah. pops up at the end and is the secret person the whole time. No, that's a ski party. Is it? It's not ski party. It's a, oh, it's how to stuff a wild bikini. Okay. That's what it is. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but we also saw, um, like we mentioned, Big Bad Mama. Oh, yeah, Big Bad Mama was great. Awesome. Awesome. This is a great movie by Roger Corman. You got to see it. It's so sleazy and trashy. And it really delivers. There's tons of nudity in it, uh, lots of violence. Uh, Shatner ass. Yeah, William Shatner having sex with Angie Dickinson. Angie Dickinson has a disco outfit that you can shine lights on her, but they don't. Yeah, it's really funny. It's supposed to be set in the 30s, and she's got all these hot 70s outfits on. (laughs) Lots of polyester and jeans with flair. And just like the most dumb, gratuitous, like she'd be driving down the street, and her daughter like just flashes somebody as they drive by. Oh, yeah, and then the two daughters get to fuck Angie Dickinson's uh, boyfriend. Tom which is Skerritt. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Tom Skerritt's in it. But he uh, gets killed at the end. So. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's he did get killed in the end. And Angie Dickinson dies, too. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, everybody dies, too. Yeah, so yeah. Remember at the end of Godfather <laughs> 2 when uh, Michael had Fredo killed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody dies. Damn Bush Cassidy, too. What about, what are, are there some... And everybody dies. Oh, wait, you guys already saw that, that horror movie that you like so much, right? I'm trying to think of some other cool horror movies. Which one? Oh, Slither. Like when, Slither. Norm, was awesome. when Norman Bates' mom was really Norman Bates. Well, why don't you destroy the ending of Slither for everybody? Because that's a current... The ending of Slither is not much to destroy. They kill the bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but like... The so you don't want to go... Slither. You know what's great about Slither I was thinking about? Like, it starts out where um, the chick's in the bed, and Michael Rooker wants to have sex with her, but she's got her curlers on, and she goes, not tonight. Yeah, it's here. This one? Yeah, she says, not tonight. You know, why don't you take care of yourself? Uh-huh. And he gets all pissed off, and he goes out, and then he sets this chain of events. Yeah. And if she were just put out, the whole town would have been just fine. You wouldn't even have a Frigid movie. bitch. See how that That's is? That's a lesson for all you uh, married ladies out there. Yeah, make sure you're putting out. You know, if you don't put out, um, you're going to unleash a wave of zom- zombie slugs that will... destroy the world. Take that lesson. It's to the right, right? L- Linda, if you're listening to this. <laughs> to the right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens at the end of um, Bats with Lou Diamond Phillips? Uh, I oh, fell asleep before the end of that. I think at the end of that, really didn't his airplane crash into a mountain at the end of that? I don't remember. Oh, no, that was La Bamba. La Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Buddy Holly died, too. Oh, there was a gangbang scene at the end, and then Buddy and the Holly big died in the back of a station wagon after getting... I know, you, you should watch the Buddy Holly story and the Richie Valens story, La Bamba, Did together. they the same? They should just use the same ending. It's like, oh, fuck, he died, too, the same way. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
What yeah. the fuck? Is that a sculpture? Yes. That's like somebody's head. Remember that twist ending when Bush said um, if he finds out who was leaking that Valerie Plame secret, he's going to get to the bottom of it and there'll be serious repercussions? Oh, it and it turns out it was him <laughs> all along? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You know, There's twist endings in our everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Shatner had a whole bunch of different looks on his toupee. In that, uh, yeah, it was like he borrowed the, the extras from Dia the Tarantulas and put them on his oh, head. Or, or, or the, the trouble with trebles, and he just stuck them on his head. That's what it looked like to me a little bit. <laughs> he just put a trouble. <laughs> he had leftovers. And Ella! Just keep them on there. And, uh, and then he had that bad accent, but then he lost Sometimes it and it came back. It. Yeah, so that was, that was great. Yes, that's true. Remember that twist ending in The Exorcist when um, Father Karras gets the demon to possess him and Jump jumps out the window? That's not a twist ending, I guess. But uh, uh, What about the twist ending in Logan's Run? Where was the ending of Logan's Run? I don't know. Oh, well, they all leave the city. They all leave the city. And there is no sanctuary, really. There isn't? They never really find sanctuary. We can run red lights at 2.30 in the morning because cops don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm actually going to crash yeah. into the McDonald's sign. Who are you, man? He could turn right here on 58th Street. Can I run over that hooker again? <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Damn that hooker. Damn that hooker. <laughs> turn right at that street that has Burger King on it. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Burger King. You can always smoke Burger King you by your house. Yeah. house. <laughs> Actually, what, what about that creepy King guy? Everybody like him? That's so Martin Luther King? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody like him? <laughs> I don't like him. Burger King uh, oh, logo guy, yeah. No, he's totally creepy. Yeah, he's creepy. He's super you either creepy. love him or you hate him. I remember the old song went, I'm the marvelous magical Burger King. I can do most anything. I like Mexican food that's fun, 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 fun for everyone. What for everyone. With Never get rid of that. That's an <laughs> awesome song. What? Have it your way. Have it your way at Burger King. Remember the twist ending at Burger King when um, he was really serving chunks of his penis in the Whoppers? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was great. I actually like the... Whoppers is penis! (laughs) I like the fried testicle balls. How about you guys? Have you had those? The fried testicle balls? That's silly, Randy. Well, we're we're at the end of our trip, and it seems like we could go on for another hour here. Yeah, it's the end of the rainbow. A flavor of rainbow. But better to run out with too much good things left to say than to have sputtered out with nothing yeah, to say. Oh, which is that? That's the rainbow connection. Oh. Oh. Are you going to put that boys beware thing? I like the rubber duck. Or save it for another one. Yes, no, yes. what did you guys think about that boys beware uh, I feel thing? much safer now. I know what to do if a homosexual should approach me and try to lure me into their car. Because it's a mental sickness. I wish they'd... Uh, do something about him once and for all. Don't you, Randy? Yeah, I, I, I think the homosexuals are disgusting, and they repulse me, and I think we all should go out fishing and find young boys, though. I do I do agree with that. Do you ever see this movie? It's called A Day Without a Mexican, and it's like, what if all the Mexicans disappeared? Yeah. And, like, and like nobody's picking, like, vegetables and, and doing things. But if they had, like, A Day Without a Homosexual, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah. Just think about all the Who fashion stuff. Tunes. And, who who, who and, would and, be and singing them? Nicole Kidman would look like um, B. Arthur, definitely. You know, the makeup and everything. Yeah, right, yeah. and who and who would host American Idol? Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. That, that guy. Do you have a lady on that? No, it's that guy that's yeah. gay. But What's her name, Paula Abdul? Name. <laughs> that's well, they true. Do. They do. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Seacrest, right? 
the biggest faggot on the face of the and planet. And who would suck my dick in the public restrooms at Macy's? I know. I, if there was no more gay people. I would disappear. What, what who, would, who would write your crappy interviews? Retrocrash. <laughs> 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 Where would half of your interview subjects go? They'd <laughs> all disappear. I know. I, I still want to dig up Liberace from the grave and have that interview. We should do that one night. We should we just pretend. A Ouija board. A Ouija board. Oh, Can we do a Ouija one? board? Liberace? Yeah, maybe that, that's doable. All right, well, next podcast. <laughs> next podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Liberace. Bye. Bye. Happy five years again, by the way. Ah, what a good time that was for sure. So, anyway. Oh, my God. Do you guys hear that? I think that's what I think it is. It's time for Retro Crash Boys. It's been so long, but it's here today. It's here today. Yes, it's right. Okay, well, anyway, it's been so long that uh, uh, that we've had some good voicemails, and you can always call the Retro Crash Hotline at 916-231-9480, anytime, night, or day, and boy, did we get... A lot of good voicemails to share with you today. Here, here's a, here's a bunch here for you. Um, you might remember we got a call um, from Lola of SuicideGirls.com, uh, and um, she graced us with another uh, voicemail I, I, I wanted to share with you here. Hi, Robert Barry. This is Lola from SuicideGirls.com. And I'm drunk. And I... And I think you're really hot stuff. And... Oh, I love your website and your... Your podcasts are... Are just... (laughs) So sexy. Give me a call sometime. Bye-bye. Wow. That's quite a lady there. So last episode we played, uh, we were talking about the Popeye uh, song, the schoolyard uh, Popeye rhymes, like, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, I live in a garbage can, I like to go swimming with bow-legged women. Popeye the Sailor Man. And uh, I invited people to call in with variants of that that they learned uh, throughout school, and we actually got a couple of them here. Uh, I got uh, the Popeye the Sailor Man version in Spanish. Uh, and it goes, um, Popeye nació en Japón, debajo de un zafa, con comiendo espinacas, debajo de una vaca. Popeye marino soy. And that means um, Popeye was born in Japan under a garbage can. He's eating spinach under a cow. And Popeye the Sailor Man. Thank you and bye. This is Carlos from Florida. Wow, thanks, Carlos. That was really cool. Nice to hear from from Florida there. And here's another Popeye uh, call that we got. Hey, Robert. I was just, uh... Oh, I'm driving my car here right now, so it's a little noisy. But I have a variation of the Popeye song, which, if I remember correctly, my father taught me. Um, A variation of the one about the, the, the one in the frying pan. But it has the inclusion of a bad word, which is so much better. Um, and it went, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, I live in the frying pan, I turn up the gas and burn up my ass, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. And just that word, ass, is so much better when you're six, years, eight, ten years old, whatever. 
All right, I'm going to drive before I hit a pedestrian or something. All right, bye-bye. Oh, thanks there. Uh, we also got a couple calls about um, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show that we talked about and played the theme songs from last episode. Robert, hey, this is Joe Wagner in Atlanta, Georgia again, and I was calling you to tell you that I was, as far as I remember, a Mario Brothers Super Show fan. I watched it pretty religiously, and I was mostly into it for the Zelda um, you know, but my affinity for the show has has gone on into my adult life. In fact, I keep losing the deposit on my apartment complexes, uh, punching holes through the ceiling looking for uh, magic mushrooms and uh, flowers. Um, and at one point, I thought I found a fire flower, but it was just uh, an extremely flammable fake flower, and uh, I had to go to the hospital. But uh, you know, I was wondering if maybe you could do a mashup of something by uh what was that dude's name well do a mashup of the mario brothers super show intro song with gangsta fag i'd like to hear that thanks robert love the show uh yeah yeah i'll get right on that uh, here's our next voicemail about super mario brothers hey robert barry uh jeff up in san francisco Hey, I just wanted to call, just listen to the show, love the podcast. I uh, I just wanted to tell you, you know, I remember watching that stupid Super Mario Brothers show. There was an episode, now I don't know if this was uh, on the DVD set that they released, but there was an episode where uh, they had like a guest spot by Rob Stone. If you remember him, he was the uh, the older brother from uh, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> But it was so weird. I remember distinctly watching this when I was a kid. And I remember seeing him and going in, like, probably the first time I really realized that, like, hey, this is a this is a guy, an actor, playing the character, you know? And he's from that other show. But it was just so funny to me, because on the Super Mario Brothers show, he was supposed to be this, uh, he was supposed to be this big uh, guitar singing, uh, you know, rock star guy. But he was playing himself. Well, if you know, did... did Rob Stone ever have a music career? Because as far as I remember, he was just on uh, maybe an episode of Silver Spoons or something, but <laughs> probably just Mr. Belvedere. Anyway, man, I uh, just wanted to call and let you know that. Yeah, uh, it's pretty strange. Oh, also, I really, really liked that uh, Teen Titans theme song. I think I should definitely check out the show. So, anyway, thanks for the great podcast, man. Keep it up. Oh, and hey, uh, if you like, come on and check out my podcast. Uh, I run a pop culture podcast called uh, Hold, and you can just find it in any search engine. All right, bro. Have a good one. Later. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I promise that was not intentional there. I don't know. It's, uh, you plugged your podcast, but I don't uh Something skipped on the audio there, so if uh, maybe you can call me back uh, or email me and let me know, and I'll, I'll plug it because uh, I think the podcast isn't very easy to Google there. Um, here's one we got here from uh, from a gentleman. Hey, this is Nick. I'm the guy who won the MacGyver box set. I'll tell you guys that my girlfriend has never been so unhappy. That is all I've been watching. I just want to thank everyone down there at Retro Crush, and here's another five years. Happy birthday. Nick out. Later. 
Thanks, Nick. And here is a, a voicemail, our final voicemail today, from uh, Mr. David Teague, who we interviewed some time ago. Um, he's the gentleman behind uh, Suzuki Bean, and also uh, was an animator for the He-Man cartoon, among uh, several other filmation projects here. Pretty funny story about uh, Monty Python here. Hey, Dr. Uh, Dr. Barry, it's David Teague. How you doing, buddy? I was just thinking about this... this uh uh, Monty Python thing. Uh, play something, please. Play something. Any any Monty Python thing. But you know, there's a there's a great story. I was uh, uh, when they did their their thanks for uh, what is it? Uh, Monty Python goes to Hollywood. Uh, <clears throat> their big tour. It's a movie. And I was uh, <laughs> I was a, a broke star artist. And I went to. Uh, I went with my buddies, uh, a couple of musician buddies of mine, and we decided we were going to sneak in to see the uh, Monty Python concert at the Hollywood Bowl for free. So we walked, we drove all the way around the mountain. You know, it's it's in the uh, it's in a little valley up in the in the back of uh, uh, Highland Avenue, and uh, so we drove up way behind on the mountain, and we were going to hike down this this uh, gully, very very far. It's a couple of two or three miles, and we waited till the concert had really started, and. You know, we could be camouflaged by the dark, and we would be able to see this free Monty Python concert for you know, uh, without having to pay anything. And so, we came down uh, after hiking a long way, falling through the bramble, and and doing everything we had to get just to, just to get a glimpse of our uh, comic heroes. And when we get there, everyone had left the uh, the Hollywood Bowl. It was empty, and the only thing that was there that we could see was a big screen and on the big screen right in front of our faces it said piss off <laughs> and so if you ever see the movie uh, Monty Python live at the Hollywood Bowl at the very end instead of the end it says piss off and that was the only thing that we got to see after an hour and a half of uh, climbing down the mountain uh, to try to see a free concert of Monty Python so uh Well, as you can see, there is a, a maximum length to the voicemails you can leave there. So it's about two minutes. So if you're planning to give me like a five-minute story, make sure you time it correctly there. But pretty funny story nonetheless. Uh, Dave Teague there. We'll link up the interview that we had with him so you can check out there. But, uh, man, I like Dave's voice. You know, I've gotten emails from him tons of times I mean, and uh, read the interview that Randy did with him and uh, never heard him before. But he sounds like one, one cool cat from New York kind of guy, you know, swinging hipster kind of guy that we want to call our podcast, you know, so if you have a swinging kind of voice, that's a kind of voicemail we want to get. So uh, always you can call in 916-231-9480, and we're going to wrap up the show today um, with, oh, it's about a, I'd say a 25-minute clip uh, that has highlights of me uh, interviewing the Hellouts uh, in their studio, uh, hearing some great songs with them, drinking some beer, and just having a lot of fun. And I, and I hope this captures the, the fun of that for you there. Thanks again for supporting our website throughout the years. Um, it's been a great five years. I hope we'll have a lot more with you. And um, we'll we'll meet again very soon. Um, visit the website, retrocrush.com. And I just wanted to thank a few people, too. Um, primarily, I'd like to thank uh, Rob Cockerham from Cockeyed, Steve from the Sneeze. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, the funny uh, 
Justin, John, and Dina from Drink Till were funny. Uh, Bradley, Mason, Hamlin, Randy, Woggy, and uh, the big guy upstairs, um, Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> so uh, here's the hell outs. What's up, Junior? Uh, not a whole lot. Thanks for coming out. So, Junior, how'd you come up with uh, your band and its name? Well, for the record. The band, the band story. started... Did somebody say get the hell out? That's right. <laughs> get the hell out. <laughs> the banjo lately sign is in the air like the bat signal. Where did you first form this super team? The band, well, well let me take it back. One, one long, long year ago. St. Patrick's Day, 2005. Uh, I remember it well. Oh, yes. That's like almost back three years ago. A Nicola loaf and beer came in uh, barrels. Beer was a Nicola barrel. That's I, right. And so, so, I, so I came in a barrel before. Derek was working, rolling barrels for the beer truck. A barrel. <laughs> and uh, there was a car wash with Catholic girls. Oh, wait, that's a different story. So on St. Patrick's Day in 2005, Anno Domini, we uh, <laughs> figured we didn't want to go out and hang out with all the drunks and the crazies, so we all met at Nawan's house. Nawan's our banjo player. He's yet to arrive this evening. So we're all hanging out, playing, getting, getting kind of tight, and right about 11 o'clock, 10.30, we're like, what the hell, why don't we just take this out? Everybody, why don't we just go play at the bar? Let's go have a drink at the bar and bring our instruments. Why not? And so we did. And we were awful. And we got booed out. And we got booed out of the bar, and they told us to get the hell out. We got 86. And we figured that that Which was bar was this? Out. That was the Mighty Flame Club on 16th and V. That's where it all began. Sacramento, California. Yes. And then a few months later, Derek joined the band to bring that metallic edge that makes us unique. That's Derek, That's folks. right. We call him D-Rock. D-Rock. How could you not? He's our guitar player. He's our only guitar player. He's but he's our lead guitar player nonetheless. So you're the Gene Simmons of the group? No, no, not at all. I'm the Carrie King of the band. He's Carrie King, King of the band. The the Dar- the D- and you're the Daryl Dragon of the band. Okay. He's the John Lennon of the band. Uh, I like to think of myself as the Paul Williams of the band. Really. Cool. Or Paul Lynn, maybe. Maybe. No, he's the Paul McCartney of the band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the cute one. You're the Linda. Derek's the funny no, one. Max is the shy one. one Not one is the absent one. Max is the Peter Tork of the band, right? Richard's the crazy one. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the hell so out. So we're here. Hey, we're the hell out. That'd be People awesome. Tell us get the hell out. Yeah, Scott wrote a song. We're too busy drinking. Scott wrote a song that was a riff on the monkeys. Uh, Alright, let's do a song for the tape here. Let's do Mountain Dew. It's called I Don't Care. No, we don't care. Now. <laughs> Why don't you get over here in the center a little bit if you can? It'd be nice to get all four of you together. We're down low. 
Gotta make some room for the yeah. new ones, huh? Like Senility's a bitch, Robert Barry. Don't ever get old. Never get old. <laughs> what are some of your influences, musically and artistically in general? Rainbow, Iron Maiden. One. Rainbow? Rainbow, absolutely. Cool. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Maiden? Judas Priest. AC Motorhead. Motorhead. Accept. Mm -hmm. Slayer. Creator. Striper? No. Striper to no, some no. extent. Tom Jones. It's it's Tom, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Leslie Gore. What's new? Leslie Gore. Yeah. Leslie yeah. Gore. Uh, the, the animals. The animals. Fear. We're real big Fear fans. Oh. He's fucking number one. What what are some of your uh, influences there, Max? Mine? 
Max, right? Yes, yes it is. Alright, make sure. Um, Lumberjacks of the Great Northwest are his inspiration. Just go. Paul Bunyan. Oh, good. Leatherface. Bay Area Punk Leatherface. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> that guy from that movie Saw. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That's what I say. Can't get away. That's right. Just do it half ass. You need an exit plan. We right. try to be so superior and do it half ass. Doing like everything to its fullest. <laughs> and everything half -assed. Take the Panama Canal, for instance. Like, that could be a better name for our group. Half assed. Yeah. They are half assed. <laughs> half fast, as opposed to full fast. What's the Panama Canal have to do with it? I don't know. They finished it. They finished it. It's done. I guess you go so. down there. It wasn't halfway they in. Take a, you know, then they gave it back to you know, Noriega. Back. Yeah. See what I mean? They gave it to Noriega, man. See what I mean? It's all pretty clear. Yeah, it's it's really wrong with 1999. <laughs> 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 no, let's play from Sunday. He is punk rock. He embodies right. the hell out mythos. That's right. <laughs> Ethos. Mythos. Ethos. Mythos. Look, man. I'll, I'll argue Greek roots with you all night long, buddy. So you guys are recording a CD right now? We're recording that's a song. Why. We're trying to record one damn song, and it's probably not going to happen, but we, oh. we have to record one song so that our good friend, Amy Slockbauer from the Trash Film Orgy in Sacramento, California, yes. www.trashfilmorgy.com, is going to make a music video for us for the sack. Music scene. Hell, I just made three music videos for you. Did you? Sure. Oh. Well, there you go. What the hell? Economizing here. Let's drink. Yeah. <laughs> not to say that no. we're not drinking already. I'll just stain this black and white and shake the camera and there make it go. artsy and it'll, mm -hmm. it'll be like vintage country footage here. Mm -hmm. Roll the camera in the dirt to make it look old. Hella. Hella. Different band. Totally different band. You guys do any journey songs? Not yet. Um, we do a Blondie song. Kinda. Yeah. We do Call Me. It's Did you hear funny. hear about them at that uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Yeah. I guess the Blondie. Blondie. About some time ago, uh, three of their band members got let go, and one of them uh, sued to get back in the band, and she replaced them. And I guess when they got inducted into the Hall of Fame. The original lineup was there to get the award, but when it came time for them to perform, it was the new lineup. So, like, right when they're accepting the award, one of the guys that got let go was like, "Come on, Debbie, let us play tonight. Come on!" And she's like, "No way!" And they start argu uh, arguing about who's gonna play at the ceremony. That's awesome. Was it the Czech? The one of the guitar players was Czech Slovakian that played with them for a while. He was also in the Patti Smith group. Was he up there? Ivan something. It was hard to spell his last name, so probably him. Yeah. yeah, probably. It's probably that cat. Yeah, Debbie Harry's pretty outspoken, man. I just saw this thing <coughs> on that guitar player. It's called uh, Dancing Barefoot. It's about all about the Pike Smith group and shit. Uh -huh. About his time in it. And then he went to play with Iggy Pop and he played in these other bands and shit. But 
they, they kept interviewing Debbie Harry. And, she, and uh, what's her husband's name, the guitar player? Chris something? He, he Dirty was, Harry. He was like, uh, yeah, Dirty Harry. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, basically saying like, yeah, you know, Patti Smith's told bitch, and, it's, and Debbie Harry's trying to be all like political about. It. She's like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> well, I heard a radio. I was reading about this too, but I guess they're playing at Canocti Harbor. Awesome. And but they're playing with the new cars. Mm. And it's Todd Rundgren singing instead of Rick Ocasio. Uh -uh. But it's like, why would he do that? But who else is in it? Does Just that, that dude with the glasses, because oh, that or dude's dead. The, the main other guy besides Rick Ocasek, and Rick's not doing it, so I mean, that's just like, you know, grabbing the keyboardist from some yeah. group, I don't know. Well, but, all, the, all those classic rock bands, like, mix and match all the time, you know? I guess. just seems like Todd's got like, better Paul things Rogers to do. went out with, like, you know, Queen, band, yeah. Yeah, with Queen, and, like, I don't know, Paul Rogers is pretty sick. That company's badass, man. Sure. I, I, I didn't get... Remember The Firm? No. That was a... It was uh, Jimmy Page, Paul Rogers, and uh, they did an album in the 80s. It was like oh, one of those really? mishmash uh, oh, groups. No, nah, man, I didn't care too much for fucking Bad Company until I saw Scotland, PA, and the whole soundtrack is Bad Company. It's badass. Till the day I die? Yeah, till the day I die. We do a bunch of Bad Company. We do Mountain. What was that song? Mississippi Queen? Hell yeah. We, do, we, do, we just do metal, usually. This is a rare night that we do country, because usually we're a metal band. Actually, we were more into avant-garde. Yeah. More into avant-garde yeah. stuff? Yeah, usually exactly. Derek Free association. Play. Yeah, free. <laughs> Fusion. Hey, you know... Like Weather Report, man. Those, yeah. That's our biggest influence, I think, is probably Weather Report. Jaco mm -hmm. Pistorius. <laughs> hey, so Junior, you've, you've got kind of a wrestling background. You've done a lot of work with the uh, The Mighty the SPW? Wrestling Federation. No. Oh, TFW. That's TWF, man. TWF. TWF. But you, you remember uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant? Yeah, man. He's got this website, uh -huh. and he sings songs, and you could listen to him on his website. Really? And they're crazy. It's like, uh, it almost reminds me of Wesley Willis back again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like weird shit. Like, he's singing a song about his granddaughter, and he calls her Booty Girl. No. And the beginning of the song goes, I was sitting in a Walmart parking lot, and I ran into my little booty girl. Oh, and just, awesome. it's It's crazy. What's the website? I think it's called GiantKamala.com. <laughs> but, like, it's so funny in the song, because he's like, where are you? Because he hadn't seen her in a year. And she says, like, well, I just live around the corner. And I said, well, where's, where about? And she goes, oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you that, Grandpa. Like, 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 a, like, his, like his kid doesn't, don't tell Grandpa where we live. <laughs> it's really funny shit. <laughs> Tell me about how important the banjo is to this great country of ours. Uh, it doesn't matter at all. No, we don't want to around, nothing. He's just a hanger-on, the, the banjo player guy. Yeah, he's a hanger-on. He's just like, you know, washed up. He ain't going nowhere. You know who my favorite banjo player is? Steve Martin? No. Jasper T. Jowls from Chuck E. Cheese's Pizza Time Theater. <laughs> <laughs> that guy fucking rocks, man. <laughs> I have a couple of his records, man. He's, I think he's playing Canoctite. Really sure. Yeah, he's opening up with Pasquale, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, Pasquale's doing a Frank Sinatra review with Frank Sinatra yeah. on bass. Frank Sinatra Jr. on bass. Yeah. I, I, we went to Chuck E. Cheese about five years ago, 
with a shitty pizza, but like they still had new newer songs yeah. mixed in, you, you and like they were singing song? "Everybody Have Fun Tonight," "Everybody Wang Chung Tonight." <laughs> But it was like your yeah, Pasquale was doing it with a thick Italian <laughs> accent. Yeah. Everybody have a fun tonight! <laughs> they don't have arcade games there anymore. Uh, really? It's like yeah, ski it's ball all, yeah, and like ticket win ticket. Like you spend like 20 bucks to win some $1 prize. Yeah, for a jelly bracelet? Yeah. $20 jelly bracelet? Totally. Yeah. Alright. You ever won a good prize at a carnival? Or like, if I win a big old stuffed animal, the girl will eventually break up with me and then I have to like cut out her eyes and, you know, paint scriptures on her with a wall and her blood and stuff. So I don't like to go to carnivals. What we're really into is Jesus. Yeah. More than anything. Well, who is it? We get to drinking and we just like to preachify. That's right. When we're all drunk. Preachification. And then... And then, and then brother... Deacon Richard. Oh, there's my text. Psalm 331. I'd like to just bring up one message tonight. If I could only get one thing All right, tonight. Brother Richard, you'd you, you, you be so kind. <laughs> I gotta take a whiz first. <laughs> Brother Richard's gonna take a whiz. In the meantime, we're gonna, gonna have the gooseneck for the pulpit. Hell yeah. In the meantime, we'll do a Mark song. With Deacon Derek there. And no, you don't get two mics. <laughs> I need two mics. It'd be like a news conference of music. Seven days, seven weeks, fifty-two weeks, a year. He created the Aztec calendar. <laughs> it's a Gregorian. He created that. The Advent Gregorian calendar. Gregorian calendar is blasphemy. It's a Gregorian calendar. What I'm talking about. I think he created the Advent calendar though, because that's full of tasty chocolate. That's right. God wants us to have chocolate. Mm -hmm. God favors Dennis. What about the wonderful thirteen moon calendar that's going to change the world? I don't know what you're talking about. The new calendar. What's it all about, Max? I saw that at Hallmark. <laughs> hey, let's have a good cry. Here we all have a good cry after a couple beers, right, Barry? And our oh, favorite beer is Ham's. They also happen to be our sponsor. And I like to tell you some song about Ham's right here. 
beer refreshing. Ham's the beer refreshing. Retro Crush Podcast, folks. It's performed by the Hillouts. We're going to do I Saw the Light. With featuring me on the vocals and Richard on the preaching. Get up here and hold it, brother Richard. This is the one that's actually going to be recording. They have actually seared their consciousness with this guy. shot a nice vocal in there. Alright, I got I got five minutes left on this tape. Now pop a new one in. Like, like, 